Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Welcome, everyone. It is Tuesday, April the 12th, 2022. It is currently 523 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Well, sometimes you have great ideas, but the execution of those ideas don't always work out very well. And then you question the idea in the first place. Yesterday, I had this great idea. Oh, here's another platform, sermon.net or sermons.net. We can we can get our content on there. We can go live on sermons.net. We can go live on Spreaker. We can go live on the Church One app. We can go live on Sermons 2.0 app and possibly even go live on YouTube all at the same time, right? That, that's, that's a pretty good idea. That's a great idea. You want to go live on as many platforms as possible, not just those platforms that will already be friendly to your theology and your perspective, but try to get your content on sites where people may not even have ever heard your theological perspective or may not even really care that much about it, but if they stumble upon it, it could challenge them and give them a different perspective. So it was a great idea. And then the next couple of hours yesterday was dedicated to, try to trying to execute that idea, and we ran into one problem after another problem after another problem after another problem. Problem after I re, I think I had fixed all of the problems, or at least I felt like I had fixed all the problems. Then I'm like, okay, it's late. Let's turn on the microphone and do an actual live broadcast where we do some kind of teaching. And then, well, everything went wrong. And part of the reason everything went wrong is I realized that my great idea was not such a great idea because I tend to forget I'm one person sitting in front of a microphone, typically in an empty room, with a laptop. That's it. There's no producer. There's no one helping me out. So a lot of times coming up with these ideas where I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to be on this and this and this. I'm the one trying to manage all of that. Well, at the same time, being live on the air and talking. And clearly there's a limit on how many things I can do because I completely messed everything up last night. So if you were listening last night, I apologize. I immediately deleted the program. And here we are now this afternoon, early evening hours. And we're going to try to redo what we did last night and then see how many other things we can get done. It was for everyone who tried to help me out yesterday when I was doing some of the different testing and trying out different things. I greatly appreciate it. But once it's time to go live and actually do a program, it's just too much to try to manage. There's just too much. So we're going to remain live on the on the different platforms that we are. And I don't think there's any way to currently add any more to that. Unfortunately, it's just it's just not going to work, but um, at least it was a good... Look, I don't ever want to be content. I always want to be trying to find new um, possible platforms for our content to be there so that you've got... You can't expect the people to come find you. You got to try to go to where as many people are as possible. That's always what I try to do. Sometimes I succeed. Sometimes I fail. But you can't let failure stop you from getting up the next day and trying something else. So that's what we tried. But now you're not here for all of that. You're here for this. Are you ready? I want to give you a word. I want to start with a word. I'm going to spell it out for you. 
The word is spelled L-I-T-E-R-A-R-I-L-Y. L-I-T-E-R-A-R-I-L-Y. Literarily. Literarily. Are you familiar with the word literarily? Are you? Here's the definition of literarily, if I can say the word correctly. Literarily. Relating to, concerned with, or characteristic of literature or scholarly writing. Literary discussion, a literary style, versed in knowledgeable, uh, versed in or knowledgeable about literature, a literary man. So literarily, of or relating to, now listen to this carefully, concern with or characteristic of literature or scholarly writing, literary discussion, this is very important, literary style, versed in, versed in or knowledgeable about literature. Literary style, versed in or knowledgeable about literature. Literarily. Literarily. I want you to know that word, and I'm going to ask you a very important question here. So have you, the first question, do you, are you familiar with the term literarily? Are you, are you familiar with it? Now here's, here's the next question. When you read your Bible, You probably have heard a lot of people say, you need to read the Bible literally. You need to take it literally. But here, so so that's a statement. Now, let me ask the question. So you probably have heard people say you need to read the Bible literally, but when you read the Bible, do you read it literarily? Literally, literarily. In other words, do you read the Bible with concern with knowledge about literary style, about uh, uh, about, liter- about literature in general. When you read your Bible, do you read it literarily? In other words, do you read it with an understanding of literature? Do you read it understanding literature style? Again, a lot of focus is reading it literally. Read it literally. Take it literally unless the text demands that you do not. There's a lot of discussion about that in hermeneutics. Do you have a more literal hermeneutic? Or do you have more of an allegorical hermeneutic? But here's a question. Do you have a literarily, do you have a literature hermeneutic? Do you have a literarily hermeneutic, if that's even a correct way of saying it. But I'm trying to focus on the word literarily. And there's a reason why you'll see in just a minute. Literarily. Now, last night when I did this program, I completely didn't even realize the word was literarily. I thought the word was literally. I wasn't even paying attention because, well, I was distracted by trying to keep, uh, I was trying to keep track on on all of the other things I was doing last night. Someone in the chat just said, not sure if you actually want an answer. The word lends itself to definition, though not sure I've used or heard uh, the exact word before. Okay, good. So yeah, I'm not, when I heard the word literarily or when I saw the word written last night, I just immediately read it as literally. I just like literally, right? And I didn't even, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wait, it's literarily. What am I doing? And then I realized I messed up. And so I had to delete the whole program. But this is very important. When you read the Bible, yes, we understand there's parts we need to take literally. 
but there are parts we need to understand from a literarily, we need to understand it from a literature point of view. I'm trying to use the word literarily over and over and over so that you know the word, but do you read the Bible understanding literary style, understanding literary technique? What happens if you read the Bible without knowledge of literature, without a literarily understanding of literary style and literary literary devices? What happens if you don't have that knowledge? Does it harm your ability to interpret it correctly? I, I think this is very significant. Now, the reason I'm mentioning the word literarily because of a book that I want to tell you about. Now, I have not read this book yet. In fact, I just came across the book yesterday. I uh, immediately added it to the Theology Central Book Club. Of course, if you want to be a member of the Theology Central Book Club, it's absolutely free. You do not have to buy anything. If you do buy anything, I don't get any money because the Theology Central Book Club is a part of Amazon. So you're actually purchasing the books via Amazon, and we don't have any deal with them to get any percentage of the money, but just simply go to theologycentral.net, look for Amazon, uh, for look for the Theology Central Book Club, you join. It's just an easy way for me to just say, here's a book I'm looking at that I think is interesting. Not that I agree with it. it may, I may completely disagree with it, but I think it may spark good conversation. So yesterday I came across a book about this whole subject of reading the Bible literarily, not just literally, but literarily. And I wanted to tell everyone about it last night, Everything went wrong, but I'm going to tell you about it today, and I hopefully that you'll check it out. If you do read it, I would love to get your thoughts, and you can email them to me, newsif at yahoo.com. If you, um, yeah, and then we may talk about it later on. Again, if you join the uh, Amazon, the Theology Central Book Club, the key thing, the, the key thing there is it's just an easy way for me to say, hey, I'm looking at this book when I don't have time to sit in front of a microphone and talk about it, okay? So please, uh, you know, consider joining that. Again, it's absolutely free. Go to theologycentral.net, look for the menu, and look for the Theology Central Book Club. All right, but here is the book. Here's the title of the book. Literarily, see, there's the word. Literarily, I read it last night as literally. Literarily, how understanding Bible genres transforms Bible study. Literarily, remember the definition of literarily, it is relating to or concerned with or characteristic of literature or scholarly writing, literary discussion, a literary style versed in or knowledge, knowledgeable about literature, all right? So literarily, how understanding Bible genres transforms Bible study. Here is a book written to help you understand the different Bible genres, to under, and this is a part of, liter, of literature, because in literature, different genres use different uh, literary techniques, different literary devices. And if you're, if you're not familiar with those techniques, if you're not familiar with those devices, it can greatly impact your ability to correctly understand what you are reading. So here is a book that's going to try to help you understand these biblical genres. See, a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they pick up the Bible, and yes, 
there's a there's a front cover and there's a back cover. So we see these 66 books as being, well, kind of just one book. And I understand the, the temptation to do so, but we have to remember there's 66 books inside our Bibles. These books are written by different authors to different people for different purposes with different historical settings with uh, just with so many things that are different in each book. But here's a big one. Each book at time, the books also, all these 66 books are written in different literary styles or they represent different literary genres. You have to identify the genre, identify the style and techniques used within that genre so that you will properly handle the text. Now, this book, Literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transforms Bible Study, is not a book designed for like a a Bible college or a seminary as a textbook. This is definitely written more for the average person sitting in the pew, where this would be something other than going out and getting a big, you know, textbook on hermeneutics. This would be something much easier to digest, maybe much more practical it's only a hundred, let me see here. It's only 160 pages long. So this would be perfect, especially if you've never read, taken a class in hermeneutics, or maybe you've never read a, a textbook on hermeneutics. This would be a good place to start, at least from the from what I am seeing about the book so far. I'm not going to say I agree with everything in it. I'm not going to say that it's perfect, but it's something I definitely want you to consider. Again, literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transform Bible Study. It looks like the book was released March the 1st, 2022. I stumbled upon it yesterday, and I don't even remember where, but I stumbled upon it, and it looks very interesting. And even if we disagree with maybe conclusions in the book, it still is a book that would get us discussing the different biblical genres getting us to understand that the Bible represents different literary styles. And we need to understand those styles in which to properly understand how to interpret each book. Now, here's a little bit of it. Now, if you want the price, uh, literarily, how understanding Bible genres transform Bible study, it's $9.99 for the Kindle. It's $13.49 for paperback. And I think that may be the prime, uh, the Amazon Prime uh, price You may want to check other places where you get books. You may want to check your library. Maybe it's there. Okay. All right. Here we go. This is what they say. Don't just read the Bible literally. Read it literarily. See the little play on words? Well, last night I I read it. Don't just read the Bible literally. Read it literally. And then I was like, wait a minute. Wait, no. Oh, they're doing a play on words. And then I realized I'd been saying it all wrong uh, from the beginning. But don't just read the Bible literally. Read it literarily. A lot of times we treat scripture like it's all the same from Genesis to Revelation. After all, it only has one author, in other words, referring to a divine author, God, okay? Um, Isn't it just one big book identical from beginning to end? Now, I think most Christians know it's not identical from beginning to end. I think most Christians at least understand there are differences, but I don't know how proficient how knowledgeable the average Christian is over literary style, literary technique, and literary devices 
and that they actually look for that style and those techniques and those devices within books of the Bible. I, I think we people approach to interpreting the Bible is always so it's so it's always really weird to me. It's it's either mystical or it's some like it's just weird. It's like they forget all basic rules of interpret. When people pick up a Bible, it's just you're they'll, they'll start talking to you and arguing with you, and you're just like, "What does the text say?" And they're like, "Well, what about this? And what about this?" I'm like, "Does the text say anything about that?" Okay, well then, all we can do is go with what the text says. It, it sometimes drives me crazy. It's like once once the Bible gets opened, everybody loses their mind. Uh, Okay, good. Uh, so this person says, I wish I was more proficient. Definitely don't know these. Okay, good. So maybe this book is perfect for, if this book helps one person. And and what we may do now, I mean, right now we're, for the Bible study exercise, we're we're deep, deep into Matthew 24. Okay, we're deep into Matthew 24 right now. Uh, but Matthew 24 is going to be a great example of, wait, wait, what exactly is going on here? Uh, but maybe moving forward for the Bible study exercises, we'll throw in, a little, maybe uh, we'll, we'll all purchase this book and we'll, we'll do a little bit of work with this book just to see, and we'll, we'll add it to our discussion. Maybe we'll do a, a Bible study method where we identify the biblical genre, identify the literary techniques being used within that particular passage, within a particular book. I think, I mean, I think we could, I think we can do some things with this that could be very beneficial. But so I do think all Christians know that the Bible is, I think they do agree that, you know, well, this is this. I think they do know that the Bible is different and, and there are different books and that they're different in style. I think Christians know that theoretically, but in practice, when it comes to really digging into interpretation, well, one, I don't know if they really observe the literary style and the literary devices. I don't know if they do enough job with their observation, but when it comes to interpretation, it just seems to go out the window. Or they just say, well, that's, that's, that's poetry. And that's all they do. Okay, well, if it's poetry, what does that mean? What does that mean? How does that impact your, like, you get practical with me. What, what are some of the literary techniques and literary devices used within poetry? And how should that impact how you interpret it? Go. And then a lot of times people, <laughs> well, then, uh, then you realize that they may know a little bit, but they don't know enough to really make it matter. Uh, let's continue reading the description here of the book. While it's true that the Bible is unified, it is also diverse. The Bible can be grouped according, the Bible can be grouped according to key categories called genres that help us to read and properly interpret the scriptures. An understanding of these genres and the literary themes and devices used within them makes all the difference when encountering God's word. Now, they tell us a little bit about the author, and they just say that this longtime, this, the author is a longtime Bible teacher, that uh, they discovered as they prepared their lessons that a single inductive approach doesn't do justice to the variety of genres that make up the word of God. In other words, you can't just have one approach to study. You can't just have one inductive approach. You've got to be able to, to, you've got to be able to adapt 
to each book in each particular style. That's one of the reasons I try to give people as many Bible study methods as possible, because I think what ha- once you learn, say, all 12 Bible study methods and you become proficient at them, here's what I think happens. is There's basically 12 methods of Bible study. When you learn them, know them, per- they, they almost become like a part of your DNA, then you can kind of just, you can just, Go, you can kind of just move in and out of one stop, one, one method to a different method to a different method. You can use the methods almost like a toolkit and you can pull out whatever you need from the toolkit based on whatever you're currently facing at any time of study. So, um, I, I think you almost end up creating your own hybrid method based off all of the other methods, but you've got to know the methods and become proficient at them. There's not just one approach because all of the different genres in in the Bible. Because scripture is a collection of writing that spans 1,500 years, many literary styles are represented and each must be taken into account for the fullest understanding of God's word. This book, Literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transforms Study, they show you the immense value of studying the Bible literarily. That is according to to the literary style presented in a particular book, all right? This book will cover eight distinct genres. Here they are. Number one, law. There are some parts of the Bible that are written as law. That's a literary style. Now, we see law almost like a theological concept, right? And we understand different categories of law, moral law, uh, you know, ceremonial law, civil law. Okay, we, 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 we break it down that way, but law itself is a literary style. So what do we do from it from a, liter- from a literature point of view? History, that's a literary style. Prophecy, that's a literary style. That's a literary genre, if you want to use that term. Poetry, gospels, epistles, wisdom, and apocalyptic. So the eight distinct genres that are mentioned in this book, again, the name of the book is Literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transform Bible Study. The eight are law, history, prophecy, poetry, gospels, epistle, wisdom, and apocalyptic. The Bible is an epic story that God has revealed to us through diverse genres and literary features. Its message and methods are both meant to transform our hearts. Our goal as interpreters isn't to meld the scripture into just one bland thing. That's not what we're supposed to do. Uh, But to recognize the multiple forms in which God's word comes to us. And so doing, we'll encounter the ongoing story of Jesus' redemption and learn, learn how he calls his people to live in a complex world today. There is the book, Literarily, how understanding Bible genres transform Bible study. If you're a member of the Amazon or the Theology Central Book Club, then you already got a notification in your email and you've already you have a link to the book directly there. If you are not a member of the book club, well, you can join the book club, you'll immediately see it. Um, but if you don't want to do that, just look it up. Literally, how understanding Bible genres transform Bible study. Should be easy to find. If you can't find it looking for it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I will send you a link. And if you are part of the Discord channel, then let me just do this. If you're part of the Discord channel, I'll just make it simple for everyone. Here we go. 
there you go. I just posted it uh, there in the Discord channel. And someone in the Discord channel just posted a map uh, regards to a question someone asked. Thank you for doing that. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, That's a whole different topic that we've been talking about in uh, our Romans chapter 9 study. So there. We always have so many studies going on. It's hard to keep up with everything. All right. There it is. I just wanted everyone to at least know about this book. Please, if you read it, anyone in the Discord channel, if you're reading it, especially if you have it like on a Kindle, then, you know, share screenshots of of quotes or parts you think are super interesting or important uh, because I I, I just want to see how they handled this. I'm not going to, I'm not saying we're going to agree with everything. Let me make it very clear. What I'm saying is it gets us discussing Bible genres. It gets us discussing literary styles. I have said from the pulpit before, I've talked about Bible genres and I've had people raise their hand going, what, what, what do you, what's a Bible genre? And you're like, you know, genre like music, you know, different genres of music different genres of literary styles. There's different literary styles. And so sometimes you'll realize people don't have that information or they haven't been exposed to that kind of thing. Uh, a lot of people you know, took literature in school and who knows if they even paid attention, but it's very important. I, again, we can go back to Augustine and his, his discussions on hermeneutics. Augustine was a very big believer that, look, we learn how to read and interpret things really outside of the church. That's where we typically learn to read. We read, uh, we learn about literature. We learn about literary styles, literary devices. We learn, we basically learn principles of reading comprehension outside of the church. But when we become Christian, we are dependent upon all of that learning that we got in school about reading and literature. That's, that's, we're, we are relying on that when we come to the Bible, but for some weird reason, you come into the church, become a Christian, they just hand you the Bible and just like read it and interpret it. And it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. To read it and interpret it, I need understanding on, I need reading comprehension. I need basic rules of interpretation. I need to know how to define and look up things. I need to know how, you know, how different verses connect and, and context and syntax and all of these things that we learn outside of the church. Rarely do you come into church and like, okay, all right, you're a Christian, or we're gonna we're gonna work on your reading comprehension. We're gonna see how well you do that. We're gonna see how well you are at breaking down and interpreting a passage of scripture. How you know how to define words and look up the meaning of words. How you how you do cross referencing. All of these different. Rarely is any of that discussed. And just then you just have someone out there reading the Bible, and then they'll just immediately want to start arguing about what it means. And you're just like, well, what, what techniques are you even using here? Like. What are you doing? And then, and then it sometimes can be maddening because like someone wants to talk about a, a passage of scripture and you're just like, I don't, I don't know where, like, what are you talking about? Like, did, would you read, like, just name any novel. Would you read a novel this way? Would you read a book this way? But it gets to the Bible and it's just like, it's all becomes this weird mystical thing. And it's like, no, there, it's, it's God's revelation has been preserved to us and a written form. And so we have to understand it like we do anything else that's written. Doesn't mean that it's the same as everything's written because we believe it's inspired by God, but it's still revealed to us in written form. So we have to use the same rules we interpret anything in written form. And not only that, it uses literary styles. So like, this is so key. And it, I, I think I think we have to... 
We have to demystify. Is, is that a, even a term? We have to demystify Bible reading and Bible interpretation and just realize, no, it's, we just got to get down to how to interpret words and meaning of words and context and syntax and all of those other things. All right, I'll stop there. Again, the name of the book, Literarily, How Understanding Bible Genres Transform Bible Study. I hope you read it. I will, I'm going to download it soon and then we'll, we'll, we'll work on it together and uh, we'll just see what we discover. Could be very beneficial. And if you don't read the book, that's fine. If you don't care, that's fine. You'll just probably hear about it at some point in some time, either from the pulpit um, or from a podcast episode. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll be back on the air here shortly. Uh, you can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. God bless.